This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, good morning from California, Heidi. Good morning, Mom, from the East Coast. It's actually afternoon, 2.30 here. Ah, late on a March afternoon, huh? Probably kind of cold in uh, Central Park with no leaves on the trees, and I can imagine. Yes, it's cold, but it's spring, so I mean, it's going, it's almost spring, so I think we're feeling like, you know, winter's behind us. And March is not as painful as February because we're always feeling like, okay, you know what, we've made it through the winter. Hopefully the spring will be a little better. Yep. And uh, people are hoping for themselves. I'm sure that the spring's going to be a little bit better if they've had a loss. And uh, sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. So uh, depending on anniversary reactions and all those kinds of things that are going on and coming up. So um, we hope that you're getting a little more light now. Heidi and I have been kind of the last couple of shows talking about making sure you're getting some vitamin D and getting some light. And, uh, and, and getting outside, even if the weather's bad, trying to get outside every day. It's really important for your body to get outside. Absolutely. And uh, as my sister said when she was having some problems, sometimes I just try to go to the mailbox and back. So mm-hmm. sometimes maybe that's all you can do, but you do it. Well, Heidi, we've got a great guest on today and a, and a good friend of ours, and uh, could you introduce her? Sure, I would love to. Diana Rosigno, who is really known as Mark Anthony's mom, that is her email. We've known Diana for se- many, several years at the minimum, and we know her through mainly brief parents and compassionate friends, and we have a very good mutual friend named Ron Volano that we both know very well. And Diana is a wife, mother, nurse, an author, and most importantly, a bereaved parent. Mark Anthony died at age 18 in an automobile accident, and Diana has gone on to write the book, Am I Going Crazy? And welcome to the show, Diana. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to have you on the show, Diana. And and Diana was the one, I think, Heidi, that asked us to keynote at Bereaved Parents last year, and, and what a a great experience that was, and what a great honor to be asked to do that. Absolutely. That was an amazing conference. It, there was just so much love at that conference. Oh, definitely. Very embracing. Well, you know, uh, your book, Am I Going Crazy? I mean, is that or is it not a question that we've all asked ourselves at times when we've suffered loss? I'm sure all of you folks out there, I mean, how many of you out there now are asking yourselves, uh, am I going crazy? Are these feelings normal? You know, um, that's a question we, we certainly wonder about. And uh, people, somebody called me uh, about two months ago who had had a son who accidentally overdosed. And uh, it had been a year, and she's going into her second year, and she's like, I think I'm going crazy. And uh, I had to say to her, you know, it's a real paradox. The second year, you're getting better because you're coming out of your shock and you're looking at life and and what your life's going to be like. And you do feel crazy sometimes. And she's like, oh, thank you. I, I just wanted to know it was normal. How did you come about writing uh, a book entitling this, Diana? Um, it came about actually because in, in having my monthly bereaved parents meetings, I can't even begin to tell you how many parents would approach me and say, is what I'm feeling normal or abnormal? Am I going crazy? I feel like I'm losing it. And I really wanted to put it out there to validate um, feelings that people might be experiencing, to let them know that that is 
part of the norm. Feeling like you're going crazy, like you're really losing it, unfortunately, is normal and part of this grief process. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about a little bit about um, your son and, and ha he died in an automobile accident. And you were a nurse. Were you working in nursing at the time? I happen to be a nurse, and I uh, always say nurses rule, right, Diane? <laughs> yeah, um, I actually was doing nursing. I'm no longer practicing. My my specialty was geriatrics, mm -hmm. and um, I was practicing at the time when when Mark had passed away, mm -hmm. and. Um, I did continue until I was in an automobile accident, and that's what sidelined my nursing career. But uh, it was quite a challenge um, trying to function, you know, on, on any level. And interestingly, you, you know, you brought up the first and second year, and I think that that first year is really um, about surviving, you know, about just getting through that day. Um, mm -hmm. As we don't have any energy, and it's an effort to get out of bed and... Uh, try and find some type of new normalcy, you know, in our life and, and trying to find some structure. And the second year, I think, as you said, you know, that shock wears off. And that's when we really um, are hit with that maraud of different emotions that we have to deal with, you know, that, that we have to face. And, and I think that probably more so we feel like we're going crazier during that second year. You know, um Somebody said in a compassionate friends group that I was in, yeah, um, we were running the first year you grieve for your child and the second year you grieve for yourself. And I, I thought that was really a good statement because you're able to, it's a paradox. You think you're getting worse and you're actually getting better because you're starting to deal with the realities of life. And then you really think you're worse. People feel like they back backsliding and all that kind of thing. Right, and I think that's why, like you're both saying, that's why people think they're really going crazy because they believe that in some way that they should be feeling better in their second year when they begin, like you both said, to feel worse, and then they think, well, what's wrong with me? Is this normal? What's happening here? And, and they start to see that progression where they are starting to move forward, and when they slide back, it's like, well, what happened? And, of course, you know that the community expects you to keep moving forward, especially in the second year. I mean, what's wrong with that person? They're not getting better. They're not moving on. I love it. Moving on. Or moving forward, right? getting on with their lives, you know, and, and acting normal right. <laughs> yeah. as everything else around us continues to go on. And, and uh, yeah, I, I totally get that. You know, I'm thinking of siblings, Heidi, because uh, you're really expected to move forward fast. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've said this on the show before, but, you know, Kids don't have tolerance for other kids that aren't just acting like regular, normal kids. And when you've had a loss of a sibling, it's such a profound experience that you don't see the world the same as your friends anymore. And I mean, I was 20. My sisters were both teenagers, but none of our friends had very much tolerance. I mean, after two weeks or three weeks, literally, they feel like, well, come on, be fun again. Be normal. You Get know, back it's to been who a couple you are. Exactly. Get back yeah. to who you were and act the same way you've always acted when, when we all need to find a new normal. Whether we're brief parents or brief siblings or brief spouses, we need to figure out who are we now that this person is no longer in our lives. How do we find a new normal? Mm -hmm. And how do we not stay, uh, be defined by the death of our child or our sibling or our spouse? You know, who am I now without that person in my life? And that takes time. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our lives are redefined, there's no question, you know, by loss of a child and loss of a sibling. But I think something that we have to remember is that, you know, yes, their death will be with us for the rest of our lives, but so is their life. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. and that's something that we need to hold on to. We're the keepers of the memories, and it's up to us to perpetuate that. Now, you had some special things around Mark Anthony's death, and I, th- and I know uh, that there are people out there that have some of the same issues, and that's a divorce. And then uh, I know you say in the book that it was painful for you because Mark Anthony um, went decided to go live with his father, and you hadn't seen him for four months, and you felt like uh, if you hadn't let him go, he might not have been killed. So those ifs and all that kind of thing. So you want to talk about that a little bit for those folks out there who are feeling some of that guilt or, you know, are in that kind of a problem? Sure, absolutely. Um Mark was coming into his own at age 16 and, and testing the limits and making some decisions that, you know, I wasn't too happy with. And I am a firm believer in tough love. And um, he wanted to go live with his dad. And it was supposed to be a temporary thing. It was supposed to be just for the summer and, uh, you know, an opportunity for us to both regroup and get things back in focus. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. And Mark was uh, gone for a year and a half before he was killed in that accident, and I might have seen him maybe a handful of times, the last time being four months before he passed away. Um, the guilt was absolutely incredible. Um, it basically ate me up and spit me out. I And I needed to step back and, and finally get a handle on it and not just look at, I, I think when we're feeling guilty, you look at all the bad things. Um, things that should have been said that weren't said. Um, and you can really do an, a number on yourself. And what I had to do to balance that out was take a look at the good things. And mm-hmm. when I did that, the good far outweighed the bad. And um, I chose to, to go that route and to hold on to the good memories. And that helped me get through the guilt. But what also helped me, a key word for me with dealing with the guilt that I had for letting him go, because you do beat yourself up with if only or I should have and, you know, what if, um, was forgiveness. And when I found the meaning of forgiveness for me, which meant forgiving my son for any injustices I felt he contributed to our relationship, but also to forgive myself. That's what set me free and allowed me to move forward on my journey because until I was able to release that and let go of that, I was stuck. I couldn't move forward. Mm-hmm. And how how did you start that process? How did you figure out that you needed forgiveness? Do you remember? Were there any key moments or anything that made you realize that? Um, I actually went to a workshop entitled Forgiveness, and it was it was just a really, it was an incredible awakening for me because I was stuck and I, I just didn't know how to get over that, you know, that guilt um, and the anger that I had with myself. Um, and I also had anger with Mark, you know, for going out on New Year's Eve night. You know, if he was home, that would not have been the case. Um, so there was a lot, a lot of anger and a lot of guilt to deal with, but it was that workshop that really opened up that window for me. Um, and allowed me to see things a little differently, that I didn't have to stay stagnated, you know, with that guilt and that pain and that despair, and that it wasn't all bad, that there was good, and that it was better for me and healthier for me, you know, to, to look at it in that light. I love that you found that workshop, but I'm thinking you picked that workshop because you were ready. I, I, I like that, you know, and... Uh, 
Uh, gosh, Heidi, I think there probably should be that forgiveness workshop everywhere, don't you? Yeah, it's, it sounds like an amazing thing. And and I think that feeling guilty and like we should have, could have, and would have done things different is such a normal thing. And and we, you know, we also like to believe that we could have controlled the outcome in some way. Had it been different, well, we have no idea if we could have done that. And maybe we didn't, you know, we also like to say we should have had these conversations and we should have had those, but that's just the stories we tell each other. Maybe we shouldn't right. have had any of those, any of the conversations we're thinking we should have had. We have no idea how they would have been received, even if they were positive conversations. Right. So these are just the stories we kind of tell ourselves after a loss because we want to believe that if we could have controlled it, it will never happen again to anyone we know or love. Well, Diana, do you remember how long it was after that you went to that workshop? After he died, it was about two. It was about two years. Yeah, I think that's an important message I want to give folks out there. You know, if, if the first year is kind of survival, isn't it, Diana? Definitely, definitely. And and the second year for me, I think it was also a turning point. Aside from the workshop, and as you were saying, you know, maybe I was looking for that. Um, mm-hmm. The quality of my life was not what I wanted it to be. I, I wanted to reinvest in living life again, and that was another catalyst for change for me. Oh, I love that. So um, talk a little bit about how you honor um, uh, Mark's life. How I honor Mark's life is telling and retelling my story, you know, as, as much mm-hmm. as I can, um, doing workshops, going to these conferences, doing my monthly um, bereaved parents meetings, writing, um, talking to, you know, as many people as I can, um, holding candlelight ceremonies. I have a live butterfly release every year. Um, these are just, you know, ways that, that I try to keep his memory alive and honor him while reaching out to other bereaved parents on their journey. Mm, and, I, and I love the fact that you've written this book, and I'm going, Am I Going Crazy? Because that is such a question for everybody. Now, how can people get in touch with you? Um, they can get in touch with me by emailing me at markanthonysmom at yahoo.com or call me. Um, that, or they can get my book, actually, if they want the book. They can get it on amazon.com or they can order it directly you know, through me as well. Um, and they can go on to the Bereaved Parents USA uh, website and they can get my mailing address from there as well. Now, uh, in Bereaved Parents are going to be meeting this summer, right? And people can also uh, go on their site and sign up for the national conference, right? Oh, yes, yes. The um, registrations are pending right now. That hasn't opened up on the website yet. The information about where the conference is going to be held is up there, but the registration availability is not on there yet. But mm-hmm. I expect that it should be very soon. So people will be able to go there and sign up and meet you there. Yes. I hope so. Looking <laughs> forward to getting to that sunshine state. Yeah, and and uh, Compassionate Friends is another place where people can go, and I know you've been involved with them also, and CompassionateFriends.org website. Ha- Heidi and I are actually speaking at uh, Frankfurt, Kentucky, um, the 23rd of this month, right, Heidi? March 23rd to the 25th through Compassionate Friends. You can go on their website and look up the Frankfurt, Kentucky Regional Conference, and if you're in the area, please come and see us, and you know, gain, these conferences will allow you to get support from other people who have been there. And as Diana has said, I think it's a really important message here today. They'll also help you to figure out how to reinvest in life again. Because you can look at people that are a little farther along in their journey, like Diana, 
and like us, and maybe they can be lifelines for you at this point. Now, Diana, you've got one other book besides this one, right? Actually, um, two others. Oh, two the other. first one um, is actually a memoir called I Am Still His Mother. Um, that right. pretty much addresses my journey with regard to how the divorce and estrangement issues had impacted my grief journey, uh, especially early on, you know, the first two years. And the second book is um, titled Grief, Is This Normal? Another question that, you know, that many bereaved parents um, ask <laughs> and still do. And, uh, again, just trying to validate um, many of the common reactions that we have emotionally, physically, behaviorally, spiritually, and validating to that and, and letting them know that they're not alone. You know, in feeling a lot of the feelings that they do feel. Well, now tell me if you've got one closing piece of advice for bereaved people, what would it be? What would it be to hold on to hope? Um, there's always tomorrow. The days can get better depending on how you work your grief, and you do have to work your grief. This doesn't go away on its own. Um, educate yourself as much as possible. Get into support groups. Have that strong network of support. Be patient with yourself. And give yourself permission to feel everything that's associated with your loss. Uh, thank you, Diana, so much for being on the show. Great information. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, Diana, a.k.a. Mark Anthony's mom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that Diana's email is that. I can't tell you for all of you out there, she's got this email, and it just keeps Mark Anthony so alive in my thoughts and in my memory. Every time I see that email, I just smile. Aw, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank that, you. Uh, thanks again for being on the show, and have a great day. You're welcome. You do the same. Well, Heidi, it was great having Diana on, wasn't it? You know, one thing we didn't talk about a lot on there, but she is, uh, Mark was her only child, and she's just such an inspiration. The way she moves on, supports people, and uh, she's just been a delight to know, hasn't she? Absolutely. I really, really enjoy getting to know her, and I hope that our paths cross again. Absolutely. We'll tune in again next week for more Open to Hope. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope. <laughs>